Welcome to this bonus episode of the Resilient Business Podcast. In this episode, you can listen to a recording of a live Ask Us Anything session that your hosts Sonia Simon, Heather Thorkelsen, and me, Toril Wilhelmsen, did May 7th, 2020, in the midst of the COVID-19 situation. If you have tried to adjust and adapt your business, but need some new inspiration and motivation to keep going, this is a conversation that will hopefully energize and lift you. We answered questions about marketing, product development, and how to deal with a slow home Wi-Fi. We had a lot of time to toss ideas around, which was really fun. And we really enjoyed gathering some of the community around the Resilient Business podcast. So if you want uh, to get notified and invited next time we organize one of these Q&As, please sign up to our newsletter over at resilientbusiness.fm. And now we'll jump straight into the conversation where Sonia and Heather discuss what they're doing and where they are during lockdown. I know you're in Sweden, Heather, but did I hear anything about some cows? Cows into the field and I was like, the cows are here! And my <laughs> puppy got all excited. We were like, yay! <laughs> That's good news so. for everybody. Yeah, and there's a bunch of baby cows. They had a bunch of calves, and I was like, oh, spring. I can't believe that the last place I lived was Lima, Peru, with 11 million people. And here I am in the absolute boonies, getting really excited about a bunch of cows in my backyard. <laughs> That's awesome. It's yeah. good stuff. How about where you are? Everything? It's been nice. Yeah, it's been good. We had our big, we usually get snow. It's usually like hot and then it snows and then it's hot again and then it snows. So we've been doing some of that, but it's been good. I'm just going to get some notebook in case I want to make a little note to myself. Oh, there's a poll. Yeah, there's a poll. You're like a this is an advanced meeting. <laughs> oh, wow. Toriel's pulling out all the stops here. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it's a purely like Norwegian crowd or uh, if we have any any people from around the globe or if it's uh, just going to yeah. be Norwegian going forward because I know Sonia has been learning Norwegian and Heather, of course, <laughs> the <laughs> master of all Swedish. Kanelbular. <laughs> <laughs> I've been learning Portuguese, which is actually nothing at all like Norwegian. <laughs> Talk and I'm done. I'm, I'm super mature, of course. So, like all of the Swedish words that have the word fart in them, I think are hilarious. <laughs> like utfart, infart, snigglefart. <laughs> snigglefart is just hilarious. Snigglefart's my official favorite word. It means snail's pace. So I'm like, yeah, snigglefart. That's yeah. where yeah. it's at. <laughs> I'm going to adopt that to the slow business movement. <laughs> You should, you should. You Snigglefart. <laughs> Snigglefart. <laughs> that might be the, taking it too far advice. You don't have to be quite that slow. <laughs> right. Have you introduced yourself? Because I was uh, no, just away haven't. for some minutes and uh, inviting people from some of the groups uh, we have going on, like the Resilient Business Podcast group. Welcome if anyone is from that one. Uh, and also the Slow Business Adventure group. And some Norwegian groups. I guess that's why we have some Norwegians. Welcome, all Welcome. I did drop a little note in the Killers and Poets, so we'll see. So, 
Yeah, I did a little yes. inviting as well. There were a few people planning to attend that were not Norwegian, so who knows? Ooh. They might show up. <laughs> Could happen. Could happen. Yeah. But uh, it looks like some people uh, found us through the podcast as well. Um, in the little poll we have going here, uh, it's uh, at least two people that have listened to the podcast and someone is excited to check out an episode. So great. Uh, we have released nine episodes now. Uh, the podcast was kind of, we have to do something <laughs> project. And then we just... Uh, we just did it, basically. Uh, that's uh, apparently how you launch a podcast. I've been trying to launch a podcast for eight months prior to that, and that wasn't happening. So uh, I guess uh, that, that's my like one COVID win with uh, <laughs> the podcast. But I think that um, we have some more episodes coming shortly as well, maybe um, even one this week and a few more episodes next week. So it's a good idea if you haven't listened yet to start with episode number one, because they're quite short and sweet. Yes, and they kind of build on each other. Yeah. Yes. And so does this uh, meeting, because here we are inviting everyone to take part and ask questions, and you can use the chat um, chat um, box. Box, okay. <laughs> That was an easy one uh, <laughs> to ask questions, but we also have some questions that came in via email. Oh, good. But if you haven't introduced yourself yet, I would love to do that. <laughs> we haven't. We haven't. Right. Okay. So um, you're, you're not like bragging about yourself, so I'm going to brag about you too. So <laughs> I'll start with Heather. <laughs> so um, I remember when... Uh, in Lima and um, I think we met uh, in 2013 which uh, sounds like the beginning of internet when I think about it now yeah um, but already you had been uh, living abroad uh, for a long time so you were quite an experienced adventurer which is great and you've been starting several businesses um, and also one is being a business consultant. So you worked with what you call incurable entrepreneurs since 2011, and you have a book coming. So, Yay! That's amazing. <laughs> Hooray! Yeah. Miracles, miracles. <laughs> and the other company you run is a polar expedition company, which is so cool, and it specializes in boutique small ship expeditions in the Arctic and Antarctic. Uh, so I'm trying not to confuse those when I talk to you because then I just seem so I just come off so stupid but I have this like place name uh, dyslexia so I always confuse names <laughs> I am first letter <laughs> it's all good you can also say polar regions that's oh nice, yeah like, like <laughs> yeah polar, top and bottom right that penguins, will save penguins, me. penguins or polar bears yes exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the lovely introduction <laughs> And then we have Sonia. She was a founding partner of Copyblogger. So many of you know her from uh, Copyblogger and she still has hundreds of articles uh, for free uh, on the Copyblogger website, uh, which is uh, on copyblogger.com. Uh, but she also has uh, had this really cool smaller company of her own going, uh, I think, all the time when yeah. you were a Copyblogger as well called Remarkable Communication. So 
Um, when I introduce Sonia, I always tell people that she invented content marketing. <laughs> and now we have that on tape. <laughs> Uh, and I'll just keep talking so you can't like interrupt me and say no. But she's been in this online digital sphere uh, for so long. So uh, she probably remembers the beginning of the internet. <laughs> I think I might have remembered, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Al Gore invented the internet. Uh, but if you have like any questions about creating content or like marketing, um, any like strategic decisions you want some input on, uh, she is your, uh, your advisor today. So she now teaches uh, writing for content marketers and she has a, an amazing program, uh, which is a partnership program where you can borrow Sonia's brain for a month and she will also write stuff for you. So I recommend that because I did that. She did. And then, yes. And then you have me. I have no idea what to say about myself, but I think uh, everyone here knows me already. <laughs> so maybe I can actually skip my introduction. But the thing is that we now have a business called Fjellfrit, which doesn't make any sense when uh, talking about it in English because it just sounds like, I don't know, a snack uh, or, <laughs> or, or something from nature. And it's from nature because it means mountain flow. So um, uh, I, I think that's what I'm going to say about myself. So let's get going with questions. Okay. Do we have any questions from um, someone, you know, bold and brave that wants to come forward? Or do we want to start with one that we have already maybe? I'm not seeing one yet in the chat. We might need to do a warm up from the list you already have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's do that. So. This is such a great question and it comes from Claudia. And Claudia asks, thank you so much for offering this and the podcast. I can't join the live session, but I have a question I'd love to ask. Where I landed during the lockdown, I don't have stable, reliable internet. Mm. It often just doesn't work at all. And when it does, it's not strong enough for things like video or social media, but I can check emails and visit most other websites. I just never know when it will or won't work. Oh God, I really feel her. Uh, I'm struggling to figure out any options for working and bringing in income right now that I don't require an internet connection I can count on. Do you have any ideas for how to work with this situation? Like actual logistics. I'm also trying to figure out when and how to get out, but I don't have a solution there yet and lack of income affects my options. So it's a bit of a vicious circle. Thank you so much in advance, Claudia. And then she doesn't write anything about uh, what her business is or where she's located. So that makes it a bit, bit uh, difficult maybe, but I think uh, we can give it a shot because um, <coughs> at least I can relate to a situation where um, home Wi-Fi isn't really stable. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have done that. Um, I had a, when I go on vacation, I usually go on vacation for at least like a month and we rented an apartment. There was a great apartment in Rome, but the, the internet was just non-existent. Um, so there are things you can do, the, but the most important thing is really investigate. Is there a way you can make that better? For example, can you upgrade something on your phone for like even a day, like, can you get a day pass on your phone to get good internet? 
um, so that you can really respect your budget, schedule something for that day, use your internet up, and then, you know, schedule another day. So try and investigate possibilities. Again, we don't know specifics, um, but sometimes you can upgrade something usually via your telephone, your, your mobile phone. Um, but when I was in Rome, yeah, I had that, I totally had that happen. First thing is make sure you remove things that are taking up bandwidth that you don't need, like a Dropbox sync would just destroy me. It would destroy me for like three days. So I just shut it off. You just shut it off. Like I, we're not, I'm not syncing anything on Dropbox. Um, you can record short things. We'll go with audio versus video. Um, and then upload them overnight, set them to, <laughs> set them to upload after dinner and by morning with, you know, the internet deities, if they're kind to you, then it'll be ready. So think about that. Think about batching um, your content. And the end of the other thing is writing is really fast. So you've got the whole world of blogging. You've got the whole world of, um, you know, posting things to the internet in text that you can make work for you. So you can still make it work. And the other thing is let people know. Just say, hey, I'm in this really exciting space where I have no reliable internet. How awesome is that? And that way people kind of understand why. But there's a ton of things you can do that do not involve Facebook Lives. There's, there's a million things. You can upload PDFs, you can upload cheat sheets, you can upload worksheets, you can upload eBooks, you can upload a lot. There's a lot of things you can do online that don't involve a lot of bandwidth. So focus on those. Um, you're gonna have to be really resourceful, but, and do swing by the Facebook group and we can, you know, help you troubleshoot more specific if you want. Mm -hmm. I think she did say though that she can't get on social media, which is really challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so then I would say really, because <laughs> Facebook is not that bandwidth intensive. So, so yeah. Um, let us know your specifics and we can brainstorm some things, but it, you know, yeah, let us, let us know. There's usually something you can do with like Flintstone internet. Yeah. I actually have a really good story about that related to my polar region work. So I, I, for six years, from 2011 until 2017, I was blogging weekly for Republic of Freedom, my original brand. And for, in 2013, I started doing these short stints on a ship in Antarctica. And so I would go away to the ship in Antarctica, and like in 2013, 14, 15-ish, there technically existed internet on the ship, but like not really. Yeah. So, so I still had to be shipping my weekly blogs and I had a VA back in the U S that I could like send things to, but what I would have to do is like write stuff in my downtime on the ship. And then I'd have to wait until midnight when everyone was asleep and nobody was using our really crappy weak internet signal. Cause you could only send text stuff as well, you know? So I'd wait until midnight and then I'd like log on and I'd be like, and I'd literally watch it upload like back when we had dial-up internet it'd be like you know 500 <laughs> per word like blog post it wasn't even a big deal you know and I'd see it upload to my VA and, I'm like, and every now and again it would crap out and I'd be like no oh, and I'd have to start over again so um so yeah even in like you know we, we've all been there sometime recently you in Italy me in bloody Antarctica of all places but 
I would say that I know that the question was more about like the logistics of how do I actually get online? How do I make money? How do I do things? And I would say that batch creating content, depending on the type of business that you have, is always a good idea, right? It might not bring you income right now and it might not logistically get you closer to clients are making money, but batch creating content is always a good idea. And the fact that she can get onto email and, um, you know, text-based stuff, I would say outreach as well. Because again, without knowing what her business is, yeah. outreach yeah. and like just sending little, hi, how you doing? Just wanted to check in with you with previous clients or previous customers, personal notes. That is really, I think, a key piece because loyalty like the no like and trust factor is a big deal and so rather than trying to think about how do i generate new business or new clients or new income how can you actually go back to the business that you already have and develop those relationships more so that as we come out of this hibernation zone that turns into more sustainable income yeah 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 plus one for that um email everybody you know everybody you kind of know and just sort of let them know how you help people, who you help them with. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, a, that's often the quick way to get something, to get something happening. Okay. Great advice. Thank you. And thank you, Sonia, for that like G plus reference. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I want to add one thing because even if we don't know what kind of business she has, I was thinking about the the phone so she can actually also have some clients uh, using her phone and if she has some digital products now maybe she had one-to-one offers in the past that she can uh, pick up again and 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 host uh, on the phone and if you remember from the old days uh, we even had like group phone calls and they still work we had that with our family one time (laughs) so you can actually add more people into a group call on the phone as well it doesn't just work on zoom or or uh, other uh, like uh, uh, video um, meeting apps so that's also a possibility and uh, and uh, when she can get out, uh, it's uh, many co-working spaces like the one that we run here in Norway that now have upgraded their uh, Wi-Fi connections so that people can actually sit outside the offices in their own cars oh. use Wi-Fi uh, more reliably than uh, even before when they had to go in the offices. So that might be one option to check out. Uh, and see if you can actually get out of your own house and get some uh, good Wi-Fi some other place without yeah. meeting people. That's such yeah. a good idea. I would totally yeah, be smart. sitting outside the local whatever and Me too. stealing I Wi-Fi. Should. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should yeah. find out if yeah, I should find out if my co-working space is doing that because I'm giving them money to not go. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so nice to be in cars like just next to each other. It's like being in the Swedish Landsbygd. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so we have another question from Ellen Cecilia and she's in a mastermind group with Fjellfrit uh, and we actually finished that group today and she has an amazing company called Reinstyrke, uh, I would translate that as pure strength, so she makes these uh, really healthy liver capsules from uh, reindeer um, up in Kautokeinol in north. And she has a great question about content for her newsletter. So she's had a newsletter in the past 
um, sent out uh, newsletters that are a bit more formal, uh, not like uh, her personal brand. Uh, and she's wondering how can she switch from that uh, tone of voice to a more personal tone of voice in her new newsletter so uh, customers don't get shocked and think it's strange if she switches to a more personal style. So that's an amazing question, Ellen Cecilia. So I'll send that to uh, Sonia. Quick question, and Toro, you'll know the answer. Is this in English or Norwegian? Who's the audience? Um, so far, it's a Norwegian audience, but she also has some customers in Germany, for example. Okay. Um, I get a lot of questions like this. I have gotten many questions like this over the years. And the answer is, and it's going to sound flippant, it's not. Um, the answer is you just start doing it. And the first communication, you say, I'm going to do this now. And people are like, okay, great, thank you. So you, what you don't realize as a publisher is that you are the leader because you are publishing. Because you stood up and said, I am publishing information for you to get. That makes you the leader. So you get to to some degree, make the rules. And it doesn't feel that way, but it, it's fine. Um, tactically, um, what I would probably do is say, first of all, you're not gonna go from, like, you're not gonna go from, from black tie to flip-flops. You're not gonna make such a severe change in tone that everybody's gonna wonder what this even is. But you just have a, a little column now in your newsletter, which is just the first paragraph of your newsletter. And you're going to say, I'm the, um, uh, I'm, I'm the owner and the founder of the company. And because things are kind of strange, I'm going to be just sending you a few notes about what's going on with us personally. Um, the most important thing to remember is it has to be things that the, that the newsletter readers want to know about. So they don't necessarily want to know about your mortgage problems or your you know, they want to know about, as the founder of this company, they've actually probably wanted to hear from you for a long time, because you have such an interesting company. And this is like a super interesting thing. So um, introduce yourself, keep it as relevant as you can to who your customer is and what they want to know about. They want to know about nutrition, they want to know about health, they want to know, but they do want to know about, um, you know, uh, the lockdown in Norway was very intense. This, so they probably want to know, is that affecting, you know, your supply chain? Is that affecting your delivery times? Um, they probably want some awesome pictures of where you are because it's probably super beautiful. And um, yeah, just go ahead and do it and just let people know. I'm going to start, um, things are different now and I'm going to start doing things a little differently and I'm going to keep it really relevant to what you care about and you'll be in great shape. You probably see a real benefit. Yeah, I agree completely. And I think that um, if you, well, announcing it, absolutely. Like letting everyone know what you're doing is great because the thing is, is like anyone who was already on your mailing list will read that. Or maybe, maybe you do it over a series of two newsletters that go out. So it's like, hey, I'm, you know, getting more personal with the way that I'm addressing you guys because the business is personal or whatever you want to tell them, you know, that's, probably what I would say, because I want to actually have personal connections with my customers, even if I'm selling reindeer liver capsules, right? Regardless of what I'm selling, I want to know that I'm talking to people and people want to hear from a person, not a brand necessarily. So I think it's a nice way to personalize things. And you can say, 
you can announce it in the first one. And in the second one, for people who didn't read the first one, you can just be like, hey, by the way, you've probably noticed a change in tone. That's because, as I mentioned in my last newsletter, you know, we're getting personal around here or what, whatever you want to, whatever you want to do. But the thing to remember about newsletters or anything that you've published is that anyone who was there prior might kind of go, oh, well, that's different. But anyone who signs up today or tomorrow or anytime in the future, they don't know any different. So like, it doesn't matter, right? It's only the people that received your communications prior. And I doubt they'll be shocked as long as you explain to them what you're doing. And as Sonia said, it's not like you're going from black tie to flip flops. It's you're going from it, it more impersonal brand to, hey, here, here's the person or the people and the region behind the brand, which I agree with Sonia. I think that's something that's going to be really welcomed. I think it's, I think people crave that. They're really wanting that right now. And actually we have uh, a lot more advice on just this uh, very topic on marketing um, and how to um, like infuse more of your personality in episode six of the podcast. So I just uh, posted the link to that particular uh, episode um, and also Ellen Cecilia's uh, business. Yeah, and we have another question from um, a little bit more south in the Gudbrandsdal Valley. Uh, so this is from uh, Marita Onekre in uh, Eventyrlige Opplevelser. So that means like uh, adventurous experiences. Cool. And she has a really cool um, farm and also a hotel room, uh, which can be used in addition to um, to an event uh, that's uh, for example in the mountains a long uh, way from a hotel but it's a it's a single hotel room of very high standard and she writes that we started our tourism company last year and uh, we can accommodate for a maximum of 20 people and it was really popular last year uh, with this hotel room. Um, but this year they have tried to reach families since now everyone in Norway is going to travel in Norway this year and without having a um, very stable strategy for marketing, they are trying everything to get the word out to this new group. And today she has gotten a phone call from a well-known Norwegian actor that she knows from uh, probably the Per Gint's uh, play in Gordon, and he wants to help them this summer and he would like to show up for the guests at the farm uh, and she's worried that if they can't follow this up later uh, what can we how can we frame this and can we say that this is a present for our first like family guests that was a great question I think Heather is our person who actually runs a travel business is a natural i have right i have i have ideas but um i'm definitely curious to see what heather has to say yeah um yeah i'm happy to tackle this i would i would do something like that i mean we actually have we have had people in our polar expedition company that are very well known in certain circles let's say um one of them was the grandson of tenzing norgay who was the first man to ever summit everest with edmund hillary so his grandson, Tashi Tenzing, is a good friend of ours, and he comes as a guest on certain trips. And so, yeah, of course, we have limited space. We can only take 12 people per ship. And if you don't get on, you don't get on. And, you know, and we work with another guy 
who's kind of like the an up and coming Bear Grylls type guy, a nature program fellow from the UK. Um, so I know I know that that conundrum of <laughs> having someone who's kind of famous be in your sphere, be in the realm, and not being able to offer that to everybody. Um, I would say in this case, I think it's I think it's absolutely brilliant to have him showing up in the beginning. Uh, and yeah, you basically would just say this is a sort of limited time offer or a limited time um, experience that we're able to, 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 to deliver. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just looking at the question here and she says, you know, what if we can't follow this up later? Can we say this is just a present for our first guest? And yeah, I mean, the, the, I'm imagining that people who are coming in the future are a few months down the road after that initial engagement that involves him. They're not like, oh my God, we're going to go to this farm and Christopher Hivju is going to be there or something. He's the only Norwegian actor I can think of. <laughs> you know, like they're not going to be expecting that he's a regular character on the scene, right? But to be able to use that as sort of like an initial draw and say, limited time is not quite the right word, but something about it being a really special uh, experience for people who are booking during this time frame, um, that he's going to be a part of that. And then you're going to have some great marketing material, you know? I mean, being able to take pictures of him in, at the farm, I think it's the farm, right? Where people are coming to stay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, having like travelers there. And I, I, think it, I think it's a hugely good opportunity and nobody's going to be crying about it later. But if you find that a lot of people say, oh, I really would have loved that, maybe he's willing to come and make an appearance down the line, like a year down the road when you're looking to like bump up interest again. Maybe... Maybe there's an opportunity to do a, um, what do you call it? A re, what's the word that I can't Reappearance? Think of. Appearance. <laughs> a, a, an encore. An encore performance. Yeah, that's what I would say. But, but the thing is, is that it's exclusive, right? Like that's what's good about it, about it as a selling feature in the beginning is that it's exclusive for people who are willing to take the leap and book soon during that time that he's going to be a part of the experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there's just, you know, even in Norway, I think there's value when famous people like your thing. It's just how we're wired. You know, it's like, wow, I, this person is famous and I think he's cool and he likes this farm. It must, this beautiful farm hotel experience. It must be great. Right. If he likes it, cause he's probably, you know, makes two dollars more than everybody else makes so like you know he knows nice things um so yeah it's a great thing if my take on the question was like what happens if you can't do it like you get relocked down or something um if that should happen i would just talk to him and talk to your guests and say if by some chance we get relocked down and that's not possible um he'll join us for a zoom call just to welcome you or something like, you know, like, so I would just make a plan for that just cause that seems, um, this seems like a good idea, but, uh, I think it's cool. Yeah. And just the answer to so many of these questions is just go ahead and tell people what to expect, set the expectation and just say, um, we love this actor. He's, he's not running our hotel, so he won't be here all the time, but, um, it's we love that he loves to be here and so we're hoping he will drop by you know for that first week just let people know and as long as you set the expectation and you don't overset it um honestly 
in business um, most of the time, you're great. If there's going to be something that might not be exactly what everybody hoped for, just set the expectation that it might not happen. And you're usually fine. Yeah, I, I want to add on to that as well and say I couldn't agree more. I, I hadn't thought about the question as being from that angle of like, what if we say that he's going to be here, but then he can't be here because there's been a higher degree of lockdown. I, I think thinking outside of the box and doing something like having him pop in on Zoom and say hi to everyone is a really cool way to navigate around that because people are understanding of those things, you know, I mean, these things happen. So, um, but showing that you're making an effort, that goes a really long way. And I mean, this is coming from someone who, I've, it, this hasn't happened on one of my trips, thank God, but every now and again, there's a trip to the Arctic on some company where people pay tens of thousands of dollars to go up there to see polar bears, and they don't see any polar bears. So shedding So they appear on Zoom. <laughs> setting, yeah, exactly. We have them on Zoom. There we go. But setting expectations is everything, right? Like, it's, that, that's, that was my point. It, setting expectations is really key and then doing the best that you can under those circumstances. I just want to add one thing because I felt this so much because when, when someone says yes to join uh, your group of amazing uh, lectures, for example, for Slow Business Adventure, and when we got the phone call last year that a famous cellist wanted to join us, I was like feeling all the same things. So I was like, we can't top this. Like, Olga Qualbein is coming. We can't possibly top this ever again. And we should have this curve going like upwards. <laughs> we can't have the best year, the first year. And then, you know, <laughs> but I, I, I've thought so much about it. And I've been thinking that uh, business is not about um, improving uh, and optimizing everything all the time. Sometimes it's just about creating the best experience in the moment. And then some other type of experience will be created some other time, but it's not going to be the same or um, it's not always better in the way that you will get a more famous actor the next time to come and greet your guests. It's just going to be something different next time. And it's so many factors that you have to count in when you produce experiences for people. And it's, it's uh, also the context we live in. It's uh, how the world is right now. And so I think it's quite easy actually to explain to people that we're so lucky to have this person coming and for the guests that will be here uh, these weeks, for example, he will uh, hopefully be here. That's our plan. And I don't think anyone else will be disappointed. Maybe they would want to come, but then they will, will just think I would want to come and have another like different experience some other time. And I can see that Marita and Eskil are producing these amazing experiences for people. And I'm sure they will produce an equally great opportunity for me some other time, which you will. So, um, and one way to actually keep the actor in the room for longer is to name something after him. So if you've been to any like historic hotel, you'll see uh, this is the king or queen's room. And this is from uh, this yeah. or that, you know, famous person that was here. So you can actually uh, incorporate people that have supported your business in this way um, and use that as an asset going forward to make, uh, for example, that hotel room really special. And like, this is Christopher Hivius chair. <laughs> he sat there and now you can sit there and I made a small sign, you know, <laughs> I can tag him on Instagram and maybe he will answer. <laughs> 
That is genius. That I is would totally sit great. in that chair. <laughs> totally. Right. Yeah. And then you will get some social media juice out of it. Hopefully you have a connection. So that is a great idea. Cool. Um, if anyone wants to ask a question like on air, you can do that by raising your hand. So if you go to uh, the small um, line um, down below, then you will find a, a way to raise your hand. So that's uh, one option, or you can just write something in the chat box. Chat box. Chat box. Need some Scandi accents. <laughs> Let's see. What happens if I click a reaction and do a clapping thing? No, what's going to happen? That's going to know, be I, socially I just, awkward because this is your meeting, Heather. <laughs> I just press it. Oh, look, there, it's clapping in my corner. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jessica's clapping too. Nice. I don't feel so alone. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we have to try this out. <laughs> We're Everyone is like applauding ourselves. But actually, I think that's a great idea, um, like applauding ourselves sometimes, because I think like this question from uh, Marita, it's also about uh, hiding sometimes. And I find that when, um, when uh, the COVID-19 happened, that uh, everyone went into um, some form of hiding in a way, because all of a sudden we were expected to have Facebook lives or Zoom meetings from, you know, the guest bedroom. At least I've been in the guest bedroom and it was like two days of like frenetic um, cleaning and organizing a better home office, <laughs> like hiding, uh, mess, decluttering. I think uh, Marie Kondo's decluttering videos on YouTube had a real spike <laughs> some weeks back. So uh, everyone has kind of been um, reorganizing their whole work life and as a result of that I've seen and heard people um, hiding a lot more and I think that when we had to get products out and services out that maybe are not tailored uh, to this situation specifically and uh, that makes us want to hide even more because we think that hmm, can I sell this now so I was going to venture a bit into that uh, before we finish off tonight uh, if you have any advice for people that are a bit afraid of selling their services or products um, that were good products before COVID, but now they're a bit uh, unsure if they can even sell their products like they used to do uh, in this situation. And if you have any advice on how to frame uh, selling stuff right now. Yeah, Heather and I just did podcast on this, actually. Um, we actually did two podcasts. So I did one on marketing messages and making your offer relevant. And then Heather and I did a conversation about, about examples of companies that have done that because it's a, it's a recurring question right now is, well, I don't make, you know, surgical equipment. So should, I mean, should I just even, should I even be talking? Like I don't have a right to talk in the conversation because I'm not, literally saving anybody's life. Um, and so there's a lot to that. Um, and Heather talks about, you know, her expedition company, it's a non-starter right now. She cannot run ships right now. She cannot. It is not an option. Um, so there's that where you just, you can't do your business. It's not allowed. Um, or there's 
a lot more people fall into the category of who am I to talk about what I'm doing when there's, you know, terrible things happening in the world. Um, and the answer I think lies in thinking about who do you help, you know, what do people need help with right now? Because there's a big spectrum of people's experience at any time. And it really, it's really so obvious now. So I'll tell you like my friend whose business is going insane right now is the one who owns a quilt shop. She sells fabric, quilting fabric and hobby fabric. So A, she's selling, you know, she's just being run off her feet because she's all by herself in the store. Um, she's being run off her feet selling fabric for masks and elastic for masks. But beyond that, what people would really, people have a lot more free time at home right now. A lot of people do. Um, so all the hobbies are going insane. You know, all the hobbies are going insane. Uh, phone games are going insane. Um, you know, distractions. People have more time to themselves. They have at least usually a couple hours that they don't have a commute. Um, so for those people, they are looking for things to do. They are looking for things to make and creative outlets, stuff like that. Um, you know, coaching, um, almost any kind of coaching. People need some more handholding right now. Um, could you, so we've been talking a lot about this, these themes on the podcast. Um, could you take what you offer? Toral and I talked about that. You know, so I have a big, I have a big ticket offer, which you're all welcome to come take me up on if you want to like take an entire month of coaching and consulting with me. Um, I'm not saying people are breaking down the doors on that right now because it's a big investment. It's a big investment of time. It's a big investment of dollars. Um, so I am leaning, as Toral says, not a pivot, but I'm just leaning more on another leg of the business of more small, small things. I'm launching a creativity workshop. I'm going to be doing a workshop with Copy Blogger on um, writing a marketing funnel. Um, so I'm leaning more on the smaller offers because that's, I think, more what people have an appetite for right now. Um, so what is it you're doing? You could either maybe offer it to a different person, different kind of market, like, you used to sell to restaurants and now you sell to the public or you could make something smaller, put it into a smaller package so more people can buy it or, um, or you can just be like my friend Teresa and just <laughs> be super busy and be trying to manage your own well-being because she's in her quilt shop like 10 hours a day, every day, packaging up fabric for people because she's in one of the businesses that's doing well. And don't we all wish we were in the business of those bidets that you can attach to your toilet so you don't need so much toilet paper? Because, man, who knew that was going to be the winner? <laughs> that was what we should have been doing. <laughs> really, We really missed the boat, clearly. Miss, miss, didn't see that coming. <laughs> That's an anti-back uh, business. Mm, yeah. Quite huge right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I have a couple of examples I can throw in the mix as well in terms of changing how we're doing things. And, you know, I think it's important to remember just because it feels a little bit, it, it feels a little bit dire, right? And so people are like, well, what I do is really fluffy. Like, does anyone actually want that? Or nobody needs it right now. Nobody's dying if they don't get their hair done or whatever, you know? Um, but I think that we have to remember kind of like what you were saying, Sonia, that we're, 
people still really want distractions. They want joy. They want to engage in the things that make them excited and hopeful about the future. And so uh, one of the things that I did in my business, I've traditionally only worked with entrepreneurs, especially what I call incurable entrepreneurs. But I suddenly got a couple of calls from people who are what I like to call corporate escapees. <laughs> they had either just left corporate before the pandemic hit or they've gotten laid off. And they're like, you know what? I got 25 years of corporate experience under my belt. And now that I've been let go or that I've left my company and it doesn't look like I'm going to be going back anytime soon, I realized that like, I actually want to do something entirely different with the next or and final stage of my professional life. Like the next 10 to 15 years, I want to do it on my terms. So now I want to take this downtime and I want to reinvest in me. I want to reinvent myself. And a lot of people, you know, they're, if they're that advanced in their career, they've got some funds. So there's, there's a couple of points I want to make. One of them is like, when I look at those folks, we make an assumption that because it's a pandemic, nobody can afford anything. And that's simply not true. Of course, the belts are tightened. Of course, a lot of people can't spend money, don't want to spend money, shouldn't be spending money, but there's still people who can spend money and who do want to spend money on things that are important to them. So with my corporate escapee clients, it's really important to them to invest in reinventing themselves now so that when the economy starts going back up, they can have the next chapter that they really want. And the other example I was thinking of is my sister actually, and Sonia, you and I had a brief conversation about this yesterday. She has an interior design business. And so she's location dependent. She serves Calgary only, right? Nobody needs interior design desperately right now in the middle of a pandemic, right? Nobody does. However, when my mom at the beginning of the pandemic was coming, fleeing from Florida back to Canada, she was messaging us and saying, I can't wait to get back home. I'm going to start looking at all the design magazines because I'm going to spend the next little while redesigning my living room. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. Okay. So then I went to my sister in Calgary and I said, here's what we're going to do with your business. You can't go to showrooms. You can't meet with clients. You can't go out and buy a bunch of stuff. You can't go and measure their living room that they want to redo. So how do we do it virtually? How do we do it in a way that uh, develops the relationship with those clients so that there's a no like and trust factor and they're invested in you even if they've never met you in person before and how do you package it so that they actually have a product at the end of your engagement it's low cost it's an actual thing it gets them excited and thinking about their design project and they walk away with concrete results and then down the road when they do have more expendable income and we can meet in person guess who they call up to actually make it happen they call her because she's already their designer right? So we just kind of reinvented and repackaged things a little bit for all the ladies. And I know there's men too, but <laughs> it's a lot of ladies in Calgary who are sitting at home going, I really hate that couch, Bob. We should really redo this living room, you know? And that like, boom, target market right there, you know? Yeah. And it like, nobody needs that, but they want it. They, we want to spend our time doing stuff that we didn't have time to do before. My mom hasn't had time to redo her living room. And now she's got yeah. all the time in the world and having someone like my sister offering something like that, perfect. It's meeting a need, right? Yeah. The other thing that I would, if I was your sister, be pitching or maybe even running a couple small couple of ads to would be helping people design their um, their Zoom backdrop, you know, their work from home backdrop. Like, how can I remodel one corner of my bedroom? <laughs> So it looks Very like my smart. life is under control. Um, <laughs> that would be, you know, like you could do it as like a little ebook or something like that. I mean, you're not going to probably replace six for your income with it, but uh, again, yeah, it's like 
if you gave me some amazing advice to not look like a, you know, total freak on my work meetings on Zoom, um, yeah, when I'm ready to redo my living room, I already know who you are. I already think you're cool. You already helped me out. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. I like where this conversation is going. <laughs> so many great <laughs> ideas. I think it's so important to remember that constraints is actually necessary for creativity to happen. Yeah. And here we have this uh, constraint that we all have in common. So it's very easy to explain to people why we want to do things on video, even if our clients didn't want to meet on video before now, they kind of have to try it. And then yeah. maybe they want to continue doing it. And we see this across schools, business, um, social life, everything. And we got a report back from my son's school today and the teachers said that they were actually ahead when it came to uh, the pupils' progress. <laughs> so <laughs> that distance learning has actually worked quite well and the uh, pupils have actually had the chance to focus, which is a big pet peeve of mine. Um, and I'm, I was looking through what everyone was reporting back today when we uh, uh, had our small, small successes uh, party uh, in the mastermind group and we looked back and saw what everyone had achieved the last months. And when we went into the mastermind program, nobody knew about COVID. <laughs> so it just seems like a different world right now. Um, but so much had happened. And I think that uh, when we have the constraints, then we also as entrepreneurs are like hardwired to seeing opportunity. And it's easier for us to actually act on opportunities when we have maybe somewhat fewer uh, possibilities. So we actually get some progress um, in one direction. And we have had people uh, being featured in magazines over several pages. Um, I personally uh, was in a national uh, newspaper this week. So we had some time uh, to go after some opportunities that we could do from home um, that maybe we didn't have time to explore before. So pitching journalists is one opportunity, restructuring some programs we've had before, uh, just extracting some parts of bigger programs and making them into smaller ones. It's a great idea right now, uh, like Heather said. And um, also not being afraid of going for the bigger uh, clients and jobs. And we've actually landed uh, the best paid uh, mentoring program that we've had to this date and had the most profitable group program to this date during the last months. And I think that comes down to not being afraid of selling uh, even during COVID because people have a desire to develop uh, and they want to uh, put uh, money into investing in themselves and in their businesses and in their homes. And now gardening season is coming up. So it's not just the interior designers. It will be people selling holidays and it will be lots of opportunities for everyone, I think. Not everyone, but for hopefully for everyone here. Um, but it will be opportunities either for business development or for actually going out there and, uh, and getting customers. So I think we need to support each other and having this community with um, uh, podcast listeners for the Resilient Business Podcast is important because now we can, can have this community and we can support each other in going after the opportunities that we find and also sharing some frustrations because there will be some 
uh, setbacks, um, not everything will uh, be a big hit, but um, I think we can support each other in leaning into what actually works and helping each other find a different route if we get stuck. So, uh, if anyone has a final question, we'll take that. But if not, I'll just check the chat box. Um, if not, then um, we want to thank everyone for uh, showing up tonight. Uh, it was so nice to see everyone in a Zoom room uh, and not just um, on uh, in the Facebook group. Um, if you have some time on your hands and you like the podcast, then please uh, go and um, rate and review it so that we can reach uh, entrepreneurs all over. And uh, we'll see you in the group. And if Heather and Sonia has a final comment, then go ahead. Sonia is talking with Sorry, the music. <laughs> What a dork. I muted myself. Okay. My only, um, yeah, my only final thing is, you know, Toral's talking about problem solving and constraints. A lot of times, if we know the specifics of what's going on with you, that actually kind of like, oh, what if you did this? And what if you did that? So please feel free. Come on into the Facebook group with, you know, a constraint or a specific situation or something. And those are sometimes the most fun opportunities for us to just kind of brainstorm or throw some ideas out and there's usually a couple of different right ways sometimes there's a lot of different right ways to do something so if you don't like my way you might love Heather's way so uh, yeah do feel free to bring them in those are those are fun for us to help you um, and as a group to help kind of tackle together and um, if you feel stuck somebody else might see a path you're not seeing so please come share for sure. I, and on that similar note as well, I want to add that, um, you know, no, nobody does this alone, right? Like we absolutely don't do it alone, even if we call ourselves solopreneurs or whatever, or a personal brand, whatever, nobody does it alone. And so, you know, when we get into these times where we feel like, oh, I'm really stuck in this area, oh, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. Of course, you don't know what to do. That's normal, right? Like we don't have all the answers ourselves. And so, I always like to default to my rule of if I'm stuck on something for more than two days, I have to stop thinking about it myself and say, who do I need to ask? That's my question. I have it on a sticky note above where I work. Who do I need to ask? Because guaranteed, I know someone who knows something. And if, if it's not a who do I need to ask, it's where do I need to throw this out? Like what, what ecosystem do I need to throw this problem out to? Which mm. speaks to your point, Sonia. We want to invite people to do that in the Resilient Business Podcast community. Um, hopefully you'll get some good answers there that work for you, but you might also be in other communities that that works really well also. You know, there's like, use the brain power that's available to you, right? Like the being stuck or feeling like you can't move forward because of COVID, it's just, it's likely not true. There are ways around it. There are things that you can't see. And now is the time to really leverage all of the great community, the great brain power, the great network. We love doing this stuff, obviously. We've created a whole podcast around it. <laughs> so I just, I want people to not feel alone or think that they're alone in, in navigating this. Agreed. I love it. Okay, thank you everyone for uh, coming today. We love to see you and thank you Heather and Sonia for uh, answering uh, and sharing your wisdom and uh, business experience and knowledge with us. So thank you so much everyone and uh, if you are listening to this 
at a later time, then uh, you can also join in the Facebook group and ask your questions there and we will do our best to uh, reply to them. So thank you everyone and have a lovely evening or day wherever you are. And see you around and continue to listen to the podcast because we have apparently some really juicy episodes coming up. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys. Talk to you soon.